are in Christ Jesus. You are a child of the word. You were born again by the ever-abiding living word of God. You grow by the word and the trajectory of your life is shaped by the word. So the one who is beloved of God is what? So are you beloved of God? Are you a saint? Do people qualify to be saints? No. Is there any qualification to become a saint? Well, if there is any qualification, it is believing Jesus. So, the day you believed in Jesus, that is, you became a Christian, that very day, you have become a saint. And as you listen to this insightful teaching through our pastor, Pastor Dio Olushoga, lead pastor, S. Church International, may the eyes of your heart be enlightened. Amen. Okay. That was barely a year ago. <clears throat> That was probably a year and two months, I think. Yes, because it was in June. That was the first one in June in SUB. For that was our first Sunday after the inaugural service. So that was a year and say two months ago. Hallelujah. Now that was an auditorium that had nothing but cheers. And maybe just one guitar that the lap of breath daddy. Glory to God. So I think um, that's coming from people that had process. You understand? Uh-huh. Nobody just jumped from heaven and then appeared where they are today. So if I'm saying that where you are today is just a face. It's better you take take it like that and believe it. Glory to God. Whether you do or just take it and believe it like that. We didn't feel bad one bit. We didn't have what's generator. What is generator? We didn't feel bad. In fact, we were excited, and you can you can you can feel it. Amen. I mean, you can feel it. You can feel it from what you just listened to. You can you can feel the joy. So, remember that today is just it's just it's just a face. What you had today is just a face. Today is not all there is <clears throat> about you. Spiritual wise and in all ramification, it's not all there is about you. We get to that point where we're anticipating more, but sometimes we forget how far we've come. Yeah, spiritual growth, I mean, inclusive, you know, hunger for God, desire for God. Nothing bad with having more desire for God. You should actually. But while you're pushing forward, okay, never forget how far God has brought you, how far you've come. And that's, that's even the hope that will sustain you, knowing fully well that I might not be there yet, but I mean, if I can remember, well, this was not where I was last year. So let a track record of your progress. Let it be a source of encouragement to you. Hallelujah. I hope that was good enough for someone. Yeah. All right. So, 
um, this morning we're just going to lay foundation for the teaching that you know, I feel God would have us begin to look into which is life is spiritual amen many years ago I listened to a teaching on that subject by Pastor Chris life is spiritual and since then that title has not left my mind or it has not left my my brain so today I'm going to be teaching on life is spiritual walking supernaturally in the natural world amen and basically what this teaching you know intends to um achieve or what I intend to teach you from this is to let you see how that the invisible has actually been responsible for creating what is visible in this world. Amen. So the spirituality of life is in that invisible things create what we can visibly see in this world. Hallelujah. Now, if you don't know this, you will be shortchanged. Glory to God. If you don't know this, you will be shortchanged in a very big way. You'll be attempting to, to, to use um, visible things as it were to create visible things in this world and that's fine but there's only so far you can go with that hallelujah yeah you'll be functioning less than um, what your spirit nature can actually do And then in the long run, you will get to realize that this is how you will discern a man that is becoming mature spiritually. That is, his awareness, you will see that his awareness is more attuned to the spirituality of things first. Hallelujah. You, you, will, you, will, you will realize by looking at that man you will see how that is more attuned to spiritual um, you know the spirit realm so to speak now when we when we say walking supernaturally in the natural world actually we don't even intend to say that um the believer is natural. Are you following me? We're simply saying that walking according to your nature in a natural world. Because the believer is naturally supernatural. Hallelujah. So, in walking supernaturally in a natural world, what we are saying is that he is imposing the realities of his world in another world 
Are you following me? He is, he is imposing the realities of his nature, of his realm, of his own natural habitat over another habitat. Amen. How is he that, look at this, how is he that, for example, churches can choose to be gathering in an event center. Are you following me? Now, the previous day, probably a weekend, which is a Saturday, they used the same weekend, I mean, the, the same event center for a party, for anything, maybe for a gig, whatever. But church gets there the following morning and they begin to have a different kind of party, a Holy Ghost party. And in the same venue, same auditorium, men are being slain by the Spirit. What happened? Same event center, same auditorium. No. The first set of people that came there came with a natural reality. The people who came on Sunday, that is the church, we come with a different reality. And when we enter, we impose it on that hall. We, why is it that a person that was sick went to that party, he left sick. He came to church. In the same event center, he left healed. What happened? What happened? The same event center now. It therefore means that something was different. Are you getting it? Ah, something must be different. They've imposed a different kind of reality. They've injected it into the atmosphere. And although it is the same, you know, physical venue, but different realities playing out. Are you following me? Yeah. So, this and many other things is what um, we intend to say when we say life is spiritual, walking supernaturally in the natural world. Glory to God. So let's let's open our Bible and just read the central texts. Oh Lord, thank you for this morning. Just turn your Bible very quickly to Hebrews chapter 11. Hallelujah. Are you in Hebrews 11? Let's read from verse 1 to 3. Like I said, this is just a foundation or an introduction. Are you in Hebrews 11? From verse 1 to 3. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. 
So now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Hallelujah. Verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Did you see the last um, phrase, so to speak? So that things which are seen were not made of things that appear. Let me read the Bible in basic English. Verse 3 of Hebrews 11. By faith, it is clear to us that the order of events was fixed by the word of God. So that what is seen has not been made from things which only seem to be. Um, do I Reims Bible? By faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. That from invisible things, visible things might be made. Are you following now? Such so that from invisible things visible things might be made so there is a possibility of using invisible things to bring visible things into existence and that is the spirituality of these things that we are talking about the spirituality of life glory to God this is the spirituality of life that we are talking about. That invincible things can bring into materiality things the highest can see. Hallelujah. So let's see the example in God how He created and brought things into existence. By the way, before you leave Hebrews 11, go back. Let me just. Um, you know, yes. Now, I'm aware that different people have read Hebrews 11 and then when they want to define faith, okay, they say, now faith is the substance of things, so for evidence of things, nothing. Nothing wrong with that definition. But oftentimes they go as faith is now. Because the Bible says, now, faith. So faith is always in the now. That's heroin by Michael interpretation. There's nothing that verse that says faith is now. What is he saying? If you read very well, you will know that the discourse did not start in Hebrews 11 and verse 1. He started talking about something from Hebrews chapter 10. Did you get it? He started talking about something from Hebrews chapter 10. I think from verse. 37 or 38 let me let me confirm that uh, I think so yeah 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 from 35 35 actually where it says cast not away therefore your confidence which had great recompense of reward cast not away your faith your confidence your trust for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. 
for yet a little while, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just will live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe unto the saving of the soul. Then he went forward to Hebrews 1 and said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So he started talking about this thing from 35, 36, 37, 38 into 39. He was using the word faith, confidence, hope, and all of that so that you can receive the promise. Then in verse 1 of chapter 11, he said, Now this faith that we are talking about, that we have been talking about, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not said. So he was not in any way attempting to say that faith is now. I just thought to do that. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1 to um, 3. Hallelujah. Are you there? said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the surface of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Amen. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. How did he create the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. How did God create? And God said. How did he create? And God said. Psalms chapter 33. Hallelujah. Are you in Psalm 33 and verse 6? Are you there? By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as an heap. He laid up the depth in storm houses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake and he was, he was done. He commanded and he stood fast. Verse 6. By what did God make the world? By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Hallelujah. Then verse 9. For he spake and he was done. He commanded and he stood fast. So how did God create the world? By the word of his mouth. By utterance. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter four. Are you in Second Corinthians four and verse six? Oh, glory to Jesus. Second Corinthians four and verse six. Are you there? For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, had shined in our hearts 
to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. For God, who commanded lights to shine out of darkness, who spoke lights into being. Hallelujah. Remember Psalm 23 said something. Let's go back to Psalm 33. Verse 9. Remember, Second Corinthians 4 says, For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Is that right? Look at it again in second, um, Psalms 33 verse 9. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and he stood fast. What did he command? He commanded light to shine out of darkness. How was the command released by the word of his mouth? Hallelujah. Now, light is a visible thing. But from what did he proceed? Huh? He came out of darkness, but how did it, how was it created? Now, is light still in existence here today? Is light tangible? Is it visible? But from what did it proceed? What was, so, so to speak, what was the raw material for light? By extension, what created the world? Faith-filled words. Yeah. What created plantations? Huh? Word. Hallelujah. Now, I hope it is dawning on you that the world you live in didn't come out of a visible raw material. Glory to God. Oops, I hope you are aware that it was no science that created the world. Hallelujah. Can you see the origin of the world you are actually living in? Go to John chapter 4. Oh, Lena Manto Sakabalati. Makila Brahaso Fratevskiza Labatos. Oh, glory to God. Nico Brahaski Baladatos. Cora de Voloske Falabahatiskizo Bahakreditos. Thank you, Lord. So, in John 4 24, Jesus affirmatively tells us something about God. Hallelujah. Remember that Jesus is the revelation of the Father. He is the screen through which we see all that. Hallelujah. So, look at him in John 4.24. See what he says about God. Are you there? 
In John 4, 24, he says, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So in that place, Jesus gives a definite description about God. What is God? God is a spirit. So, the inference, therefore, is the author of life and the creator of the universe is what? His spirit. Oh, hallelujah. That is to say, matter proceeded out of his spirit. What is matter? Eh? They have come. <laughs> hey, so how are you defining? Uh-uh. I said, what is matter? He said, <laughs> smallest indivisible particle of an element. Ah. School, please resume. Federal government, we are begging you. Some people are forgetting things very fast. Federal government, if you are watching me, please resume. <laughs> Somebody has talked to a theologian. Please resume. Glory to God. So we see that matter proceeded out of his spirit. Are you following? Things that are visible because that's the definition of matter. Anything that has mass and occupies space. Hallelujah. Now we see an example in God. That is when he was going to bring matter into existence. Hallelujah. How did he do it? Through words. Following him. Alright. So, we've seen an example in God. We've seen a, a, a reference in the epistles, Hebrews 11 and verse 3 that we read. Glory to God. That says, through faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. Of course, in context, Hebrews 11 verse 3 that says the world is not cosmos. It's aeon. Are you following? Cosmos is the word for um, land space. Okay? It's, it's the word for land space. It's the word for um the physical world, so to speak. But the word here is aeon. Talks about times, dispensations. Hallelujah. But whichever way we can see that dispensations were framed by God's word. That is to say, times that would come were spoken in advance and they were so. In other words, the times that would come, some of them were prophesied about ahead of time. 
following. But whichever way, it happened all the same. The prophet spoke about the coming of Christ through the instrumentality of the Spirit. Is that all? And it happened. Many of them spoke uh, centuries ahead. And without fail, what he said happened the way they said it. Are you following? Without what? Without fail. In fact, it happened with precision. They said Christ would be born in Bethlehem. He was born there. And the prophet said different things about him in advance. Was it so? It was so. Hallelujah. In other words, it was true the mouth of the prophet that God spoke in advance about his plans, his thoughts, about different dispensations and those things that were said by them happened. But be it aeon, be it cosmos, both came from the word of God. Because we are seeing from Genesis that the world we live in came into existence by the word of God. It was not Big Bang Theory. You know, science says it was Big Bang Theory that brought this world into existence. It wasn't Big Bang Theory. We see it. That was the word of God. Hallelujah. That give things the form that they have. Glory to God. Okay. Let's see, go ahead because it's an introduction. I don't want to put in too much uh, content. Matthew 21. Oh, Kabbalah Soprahati. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, it's possible for a scientist to come up and say that. No. The world proceeded from Big Bang Theory. It was a collision of elements and this and that that brought the world into existence. And it took several years for that chemical reaction to happen. I don't have a problem with you. I'm just about to show you something. Hallelujah. Same principle. But look at what it is doing this time around. Matthew 21. In verse 18. Are you there? Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. That's Jesus. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Hallelujah. King James doesn't make the last sentence, doesn't make it very clear. Let me read in Bible in basic English. 
and seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he came to it and saw nothing on it but leaves only. And he said to it, let there be no fruit from you from this time forward forever. And straight away, the fig tree became dry and dead. So in other words, when Jesus spoke to the tree, what happened? It tried. According to Matthew's account. Hallelujah. According to Matthew's account, he said the fig tree dried up immediately. Look at verse 20 of that same chapter. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Matthew's account. Hallelujah. What did the disciples say when they saw the fig tree withering? Said, How quickly has the fig tree withered away that you spoke now and the fig tree dried up immediately? So fast, you understand. Now, let's look at the same event from Mark's um, account. Mark 11 from verse 12. Hallelujah. Are you Mark 11 and verse 12? And the next day, when they came out from Bethania, he was hungry. And when he had seen afar off a fig tree having leaves, he came if perhaps he might find anything on it. And when he was come to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the time for figs. Glory to God. The person that said he would rather be on his bed is actually sleeping. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we together? Alright, verse 12 again. And on the morrow when they came, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if aptly, he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the times or time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto him, No man eats fruit of thee hereafter forever. Hallelujah. Now look at what Mark said happened. Mark said, and his disciples heard it. Matthew said, he dried up immediately. Glory to God. I will follow him. In Matthew's account, what he said was that, the fig tree dried up immediately. Hallelujah. Mark said his disciples heard it. Glory. Are we together, please? Mark said his disciples heard the statement from him. 
And that was all. Now, look at verse 19 next. Because when, after that statement, the disciples heard it, he just returned back to Jerusalem. Look at verse 19. And when even was come, hallelujah, when the evening was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, that is, he left Jerusalem again. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Hallelujah. So Mark said me. Mark said the fig tree dried up from the roots. Matthew said the fig tree dried up instantly. Nothing wrong in both of them. Because in actual sense, when Jesus spoke, the fig tree dried up. But Mark introduced the word that will make us understand what Matthew said. He said he began to dry up from the roots. Hallelujah. In other words, Matthew was saying that immediately Jesus spoke. The process for the drying up of the tree began. That is to say, Jesus' faith-filled words went down to the roots of the tree. And he began to create um, a dehydration, so to speak, for the tree to be able to wither. That is to say, faith works from the roots. That is to say, it works from the realm of the invisible to the visible. That is to say, when Jesus spoke, although physically nothing happened, but if you check underground, you will see that something has started happening. But the problem is just that physical eyes cannot see underground. Hallelujah. Where did Jesus' word go to after he spoke? The root of the tree. And did he eventually perform what he sent it to do? Hallelujah. Did he eventually perform it? Yes. So the world were created. We see an example in God. How that he created the world by what? And I said that science can come up and say that we want to prove that wrong. Well, let me quickly prove you wrong too. What was created by what was dematerialized by what? It was created by words. He dematerialized it by what? Hallelujah. So, we see um, God creating the world through words. We see Jesus, who is equally the revelation of the Father. We see him showing us an example that we can dematerialize matter with words. 
Hallelujah. Create, decompose. Hallelujah. Now, before somebody start thinking too far, like, but that was Jesus now. We're talking about God. It was God that created in the beginning. This is Jesus. Um, dematerializing things. Show me God. The, dematerializing things with what? Voila. Colossians. Let's start from verse 12. Colossians 1 from verse 12. Now we're still going back to that Max account, but I just want to quickly clear some arguments in the here. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Are you in Colossians 1 verse 12? He said, giving thanks unto the Father who had made us meet to be partakers of the entrance of the saints in the light, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. He has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. His dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. So, whatever he is saying we have there is because of his son. Hallelujah. He has translated from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we now have redemption. Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Look at verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. Who is that image? The son, which is Christ. Are you following me? Who is the image of the invisible God? The first one of every creature. Now verse 16. Hallelujah. For by him. Who is the him there? The son. Christ. For by him were all things. For by him were all things. That are in heaven. That are in the earth. Visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones. Or dominions. Or principalities. Or powers. All things were created by him. And for him. Question. What did you see creating in Genesis chapter 1? Huh? Who actually did the Bible say created? For by him, the son. In other words, the son and the father coexist in the beginning. How can the son and the father coexist? We did not see two people in the don't find that this is not boxing ring. He's only God. He's only God. John chapter 10. Are you in John 10? 27. Either my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me 28 and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand that is Jesus guaranteeing the believer eternal salvation 
29. My father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Verse 30. I and my father are one. In other words, do actually try to be thinking. Are you saying Jesus was beside the father when he was created? He said, me and the father, we are one. Said no, 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 no. I still don't agree. John chapter fourteen. Let's start from verse one. Are you in John fourteen verse one? Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If you were not so. I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, you to reason am Reason am. In my father's house, there are many mansions. In this house, there are many mansions. No reason. No, think about it. Inside this house, there are many mansions. How can there be a mansion in a house? You did English now. Hallelujah. So who said his faces they did? I don't understand. I don't understand. Government, once again, they need to go back to school. Hallelujah. So maybe the best construction to have used is in my father's house. There are many rooms. There are what? Many rooms. Oh, you have mansion. Ile baba miloke Some of you that are looking at me, you like that song. You used to sing that song some time ago. I know. Some of you that are looking at me. But glory to God, you have learned the truth. Yes, sir. Okay, so let's let's continue. Um, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. What Jesus was in essence saying in that verse is that I am going to prepare a place for you. Now for some people that have been eagerly anticipating to get to heaven and see duplex. For those that have been eagerly expecting to get to heaven and see that some people that not do well on earth, their house will not have roof. <laughs> for some that are hoping to get to heaven, and see Storex. <laughs> WC. I hope you won't get disappointed though. <laughs> I hope you will not be disappointed. Because I'm trying to understand your spirit will be sleeping on bed, Abby. Okay. Uh, Chandelier. You want to see lights in your room? Abby? No problem. Window blind. 
<laughs> Sliding door. Ah, AC. Who will not construct the road? Julius Beggar. Hmm. China Construction Company. Okay. No problem. Biko, don't look forward to mansions. You never. Jesus did not promise you mansions. I just told you. Rooms. Room means I go to prepare a place for you. Right standing. That's the meaning. Yes, Acceptance in the beloved. That's the meaning. Yes, a place of acceptance before the Father. That's what he's saying. He's not talking about mansion, room, golden ties. Now, verse 3, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, ye may be also. Hallelujah. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Just should not have made that statement in verse 4, because if he had saved that statement, Thomas was not a para. So, bros, Thomas just para. Immediately Jesus said, where I'm going, you know. The way you know. Look at Thomas. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we don't even know where you are going. How can we know the way? So we don't know where you are going. You are not telling us we know the way. Now look at verse 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. Does that correlate to what he started saying? A place of acceptance. There is no man can come to the Father. No man can stand before the Father. No man can before the Father except through me. So what I'm going to do is that I'm going to create, uh, I'm, I'm going to make possible acceptance for you. I'm going to make it possible for you to have acceptance before the Father. So in essence, what is Jesus talking about in that place? He was talking about his sacrifice that's about to perform. His redemptive work. His death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Hallelujah. So, he said, no man can come to the Father by me. Verse 7, now look at it though. If you had known me, you would have known the Father. And from henceforth, Jesus is about to cause a natural. From henceforth, you know him and have seen him. I don't understand. I am seeing you. You see, I'm seeing the Father. Now, it was Philip that para this time around. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father. And suffice us. In other words, see, all those one you have been saying since morning. It's not in tune me. What I want here, <laughs> what I want here is just show us the Father. I know this alaye we hand. Verse 9, Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long a time with you, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How seest thou? Show us the Father. In other words, when you have seen me, 
the same father. They were thinking with respect to father and son. Jesus was speaking with respect to life and nature. They were thinking with respect to personality. Jesus was speaking with respect to life and nature. That is to say, the same life that is in God is what is in me. Hence, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And by reason of that life, I have the authority to stand and, and talk on his behalf. Because that's the seal he has placed upon me to represent him. So, have we seen God in Christ? Is that true? Fine. That means when Jesus dematerialized that fig tree. Amen. He was not like a secondary person in the Godhead dematerialized the fig tree. Hallelujah. It's not that if God too was going to dematerialize that fig tree, he was going to use another method. Hallelujah. So, in essence, we are seeing how God creates and how he dematerializes matter. Now, go back to that Mark chapter 11. Shakala Verse 19. And when evil was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the root. And Peter calling into remembrance, he unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cost. It is withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Have faith in God. King James did not explain that place very well. Look at it in Bible in basic English. He says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Have God's faith. Look at it in Dwight Rame's Bible. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Have the faith of God. In other words, this thing you just saw happen, it was the faith of God that made it happen. In other words, the God kind of faith was what I introduced and it made this happen. And then, verse 23, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have what he says. So, Jesus explained that what happened that made this victory to dry up is that I spoke words. Words filled with faith that proceeded from my heart and it caused it to dry up. Glory to God. And Jesus said, if you can repeat the same process, follow me. He said, if you can repeat the same process, you will have the same result I had. They're drying up of the fig tree. Was it a miracle? Was it a miracle? It was a miracle. If Jesus explained how he got the result of that drying up, it means Jesus explained the principle of every miracle. Jesus, in explaining how he was able to dry up that fig tree, are you following? By that explanation, he gave us the explanation for the miraculous. 
in essence or by extension we are saying that Jesus gave us the formula for the miraculous Jesus did what? He gave us now what is oh yeah this is, this is the time for you to talk <laughs> what's the formula? It is a proven equation that consistently gives you a desired end, so to speak. That is to say, look at this. The drying of the, of the fig tree there was not a fluke. It was not what? It was not a fluke. That was not trial and error. In essence, Jesus was saying that. Or let me put it like this. In essence, we saw in Jesus, or we are seeing in God, the spiritual protocol to creating and dematerializing matter. And none of this is a fluke. What? None is a fluke. None is by trial and error. Now, where is the place of working supernaturally in a natural world in all of this? It is understanding this reality that you have come to partake in, that you share in the nature of God with which you can create and dematerialize things in this realm. You have become a partaker of that divine nature. Second Peter chapter 1. Oh, Makala Brahasoprahati. Hallelujah. Let's start from verse 1. Glory to God. Remember Jesus said to them, have the faith of God. He could say to those people then to have the faith of God because they don't have it yet. They weren't recreated yet. Now look at Samuel Peter speaking in 2 Peter from chapter 1 and verse 1. Are you there? Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained what have they obtained like precious faith they are still looking for faith they are still asking God for faith what are they they have received like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3. According to his divine power given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that are called us unto glory and virtue. Verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by this ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Hallelujah. 
partakers of the divine nature. First John chapter 5. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, that's what I'm saying, that the believer is naturally supernatural. The believer exists in a realm where the miraculous is the order of the day. So, don't forget what I started off with. When we're saying that the believer is walking supernatural in the natural world, we're not saying that he's tapping into the supernatural. We're saying he's superimposing his nature. So look at 1 John chapter 5 from verse 11. Are you there? And this is the record that God had given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Either at the son at life. Either at not the son of God at no life. These things are very written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may believe on the name of the son of God. He said, I'm writing to you that you may know that you have eternal life. He's not talking about longevity. As per living forever. Eternal life. He says, you have partake of the life that is in God. Eternal life is away. A God kind of life. So, somebody might come up and say, ah, you don't know that God is God. He is up there. That's why he could say things and it could happen. And Jesus too, you know now, is from above. That's why he could do that. So me, who am I? Only to doubt me. How can I do what Jesus is doing? Well, the information is reaching us from the Bible that if you have believed in Jesus, you have received eternal life. Hallelujah. And so, because of that eternal life, we can function like God functions. How does He function? When He wants to see things, He creates them. How? By the word of His mouth. How does He create by the word of His mouth? He speaks. Does He plead with those things? He commands them into existence. Glory to God. He speaks things into existence. Hallelujah. That is, He calls things that be not as though they already are. If He doesn't want to see things again, how does He do it? He dematerializes them by His word. been to doctor, there's this growth in my body I don't know what can happen dematerialize it I don't know, there's this pattern that is always happening in my life, again and again in fact I'm tired dematerialize it what dematerialize those things Hallelujah. Why? Because you have what it takes to do it. 
Hallelujah. You have what it takes. To call things into existence. Hey, I've been wanting to get pregnant. But I don't know. It's just, it's just, I, I call the baby. Wake up in the morning, smack your tummy. Hey, you're getting pregnant. You're giving back to a child. You will even set time. You will, you will knock the stomach out. Hey, get set to get pumped. speaking hallelujah you start speaking now don't forget the pattern in Jesus that even if he starts walking from the realm of the invisible we don't say it has not started happening that is that I didn't see it immediately does not mean it's not happening Jesus made a remarkable statement in that Mark 11 Let me show you that. One more thing and then we'll round up. Mark 11 verse 23. Hallelujah. Are you Mark 11 verse 23? For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. Why are you you a neighbor? Where is your home? That's your Bible. Okay. Verse 23. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt that in his heart that, but shall believe that the things which he hath said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he sees. Jesus said, he will have whatsoever it sees. Hallelujah. Um, I think I should just show you one more thing. Glory to God. All right. Matthew 12, 35, 36, 37. Hey, Lena Manto Satakalabaya. Ragadolo Soprahatos. Are you in Matthew 12? Are you in 12:35? It says, A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. What is the treasury? Where is the treasury? A storehouse. Where is the warehouse from which both the good man and the evil man is bringing out? From where? The hearts. He said a good man out of the good treasure of the heart. Bring it for good things. Verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. 37. For by thy word thou shalt be justified. By thy words thou shalt be condemned. He said your words will justify you. Your words will be condemned. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20. Kabbalah Soprahatos. 
In first Peter, I'm I'm sorry, my mind has gone somewhere else. Proverbs 18, verse 20. Are you there? A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. With the increase of his lips shall he be filled. A man's belly will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. With the increase of the living shall he be filled. Verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Hallelujah. In essence, what is that place that controls a man's life? Whether for good or for bad. Hmm? So when he said it's a man's life, a man's belly, Shall be satisfied. So you will, you will, you will, you will be filled to overflow with what you say continuously. But it's not happening. It's just a matter of time. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Be it good or be it evil, even carelessly or seriously. Why? Because life is spiritual. He responds to, he was programmed to respond to words. That's the way it was designed to function. I've shown you, it was created by words. It got dematerialized by words. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 3. James, can you imagine? Okay, let's read James as well. Wow, that's powerful. Okay, are you in James 3? Go to James 3 first. Alright, let's go from verse 1. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For many things will offend hope. If any man offend no, hey, like this is where I wanted to end it before, but it's good all the same. For in many things we offend her. If any man offend not in word, if any man does not stumble in the usage of words, the same is a perfect man. That is how you identify a mature man. You say you want to identify a spiritually mature man. Say, look at this thing I'm about to show you. If any man does not stumble in his usage of word, the same is a perfect man. Spirituality makes you conscious that words are powerful. It awakens your awareness to the power and the efficacy of words. Hence, you become a master over your tongue. Hallelujah. Spirituality makes you what? A master over the use of words. Theologians say that James is writing this book. Of course, James wrote the book of James. But he's the brother of Jesus. Stepbrother. 
Are you following? And they said he is writing this because having lived with Jesus, he saw it in Jesus. Example of how he uses his tongues. He said he saw the example in Jesus. So when his his neighbors understand, when his fellow carpenters at that time are saying, "Oh, more we did Brooklyn," no, he doesn't say I'm in Brooklyn. Amen. Have you not read? He got into a house. A child was dead. He said the child was sleeping. Hallelujah. Doesn't say ah, my own don't finish. Ah, my don't wreck. Hallelujah. He said he's a master over words. For, if any, for many things we offend all, but if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. And able also to breathe through the he is able to control the entire body. He said if a man offend not in words, you can say that that kind of a man will be able to control his whole body. That's serious. Look at verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that it may obey us and we turn about their whole body. He's saying that if we can control the tongue or the mouth of a horse, we can control the body of that horse. So like an illustration, if a man can control his tongue, his mouth, he can control his body, he can control the affairs of his life. So he said, if we want to help a man control the affairs of his life, the beginning of the transformation is that we teach him to tame his tongue. There's no business I've done that has ever succeeded. Let's examine your tongue. Let's check your tongue. Let's see what you say. Often. I've never been in any relationship that works. Let's check your tongue. What do you say often? My marriage or whatever it is I'm under today is, is just hell. What were you saying when you were young? I beg, there's no true love anywhere, Jerry. You were saying that when you were young. You now grew up and said, See, 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 see me see trouble. See this guy. He's not even serious. He's not committed. Uh, no. Let's go back. Examine what you were saying. Say me. If I grow up, I don't want, I don't want plenty things. All I want is to be clean, cleaning bathroom, toilet, have one shop. If I clean bathroom, toilet, have one shop, I'm okay. Then the person now grew up. Today is now saying, ah, this country is bad. You are the bad man. You are the bad man. 
You are what? The bad man nigga. Why? You were planting seed many years ago. You were saying stuff. You were saying things. In times past. You didn't know. But life was designed to respond. So it doesn't have to... I mean, you, you don't have to be pumped to, to, to say things. Although there are times we speak under you know, the influence of the Spirit. I used to walk. And when I'm walking, so I'm a very observant person. You see, Jesus told us the principle for the miraculous. Is that so? You know that words, when you look at what is happening today, you can tell how that thing came to be. And that also tells us that you can actually intentionally create what you want to see. And you can be rest assured that without fail, it will happen. It may only take time to mature. It will happen. So, James said, look at it. James said, behold also the ships, which though they be great, he said, Okojomi, although they are very big, he said, they are driven of fierce yet they are turned about by a very small ruder. You know that small thing? He said, that's what turns sheep. In other words, you see, it's not the big things that that turns or creates the big things. It's like he gave you an example of the horse. What is making the big horse to move is the uh, um, bridle that you have tied around the mouth. He gave you an example of the ship as well. He said the ship that you are seeing moving. How many of you went for flying boats when you were in Lagos? Hey, you went. You saw what was controlling the flying boats. One small thing like this. What moves your motor car? Is it not one small accelerator? And brake. It's not the big things that moves things. Small, small things. What moves your bicycle? It's not one tiny pedal. Even though some people cannot ride bicycle, but it's fine. Glory is God. Have you not seen the example enough? That it is that actually make things happen. Tiny, tiny things. Question, what have you been saying? What dominates your confession? Hallelujah. I've been saying it before I, I, I left school. I'm going to have the world best home. In other words, the most peaceful family in the entire universe. If they used to give award, you will see me one day walk up to that Grammy award to receive the best husband in the universe. To receive, and then maybe me and my family will go. The most peaceful family in the entire world. I've been saying it. 
not an extension. <laughs> we'll talk about that one later. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> God. <laughs> ah. But you know, this is the spirituality of life. So that God did it so that you will not be confused as to what is making things happen. Are you following? God did this explanation in His Word so that you will not be you will not be clueless as touching. Okay, how did this come to be? When I was in school, I was curious as an undergraduate. I wanted to know, okay, what makes some of these ministries that I'm saying, what made them this great? And I started listening to Pastor Chris. And I realized most of his teaching, he was talking about words. And then it dawned on me, I said, his words, wow. So when you go, so maybe there are headquarters, you see buildings, you see facilities, you see people, what produce things? Words. Words. Words, confession. What are you saying? Let's just open our feet this morning. Hey, <laughs> I've made up my mind that my life will go in the direction of the word. I've made up my mind that my life will go in the direction of the word. Oh, Makila Brahasota Labahatos, Lenamanko Brahatosi Ladavati, Lege Baronda Sata Kabara de Gedi, Leko Raso Brahatos, Oh, Perico Sata Kilabahatos, Lina Makosa Parateketovika Labarasukata, Liko Sikata Baradi. I will not join the confederacy of this world. I will not say what they say. I will not speak their language. Li parasote ke manda labahatos, li marate ko prasi ke telebahatos, vrete ke labasuta kabaya, iglerunda sapatei, venene mango rabatei le garos kabalata, imbredi ke sopakati le fasta laba, zegonda labaratos kite labahatos, imbrate kila suprahata, elexido barate le namakosta. Ezina manda baratike, mekilo parasikete, menda baragido lo vadike silabata, embreketila sabah.